Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Hello, diary listeners. That was a very refreshing sip from my tea. It's this fantastic tea that I have been enjoying for most of the winter, but it's still carrying strong and long, especially throughout these couple rainy days that we've had. It's a winter tea that uh, Trader Joe's makes. For anybody who's interested, it's got a very cinnamony kind of note to it. Trying to get cozy. So it's been a rough week. I thought that this would be a good time to check in. Uh, This is becoming more of a verbal diary than I even thought. And I think it, I think it's good. I think it's really good. So what happened during the week? There's a lot. Uh, it was a struggle. I, I had lots of hits, but um, I think the, the, the overarching message before I begin to kind of shout out the week and, and tell you all about the happenings is that uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the trials, for... <sighs> The whole the whole way I gained a lot of perspective, and uh, I I I know I really shouldn't apologize for this because it's I don't really think anything to apologize for. Cause I I there's this odd there's this odd place now uh, that I find myself in, being a person who regularly goes to church, considers myself Christian a follower of Christ, believer in Christ, uh, giving myself up to that. And, you know, I'm on the other side of something that I never saw myself being a part of. In fact, I vehemently criticized and never really understood, but it's, it's like anything. Um, you know, you, you meet people who, if you've lost weight because you gave up something in your diet and you're talking to somebody about, your experience and you tell them what you did and they look at you and they say, Oh my gosh, I could never, I could never give that up. You know, I I don't, I don't think life is worth living, uh, if I had to give that up, but being on the other side of having given it up and then feeling what it feels like as a trade off to the thing that you thought you could never give up, you're, you you look at people then from a new perspective and you go, wow, you know, okay, um, well, I can't tell you what your value system is. I can't tell you what you should feel or think, I guess, for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I will say that having given it up, I, I can assure you that life is way more bearable now than it was in that mindset. And, and I, I felt the same way as you, but um, 
I'm on the other side of something now and I can tell you it's pretty awesome. So that's where I'm at after my week. And uh, I, I did want to share the happenings because I think there's lots of great little nuggets in there for everybody. So my week started on Monday. Uh, I did I did uh, the, the release of Anthony Red's uh, last part of his diary entry, which was fantastic. And uh, what was great is that Anthony was so great about giving me feedback the whole way. Uh, this was a this is a very important thing for him to do. He was kind of apprehensive about doing the podcast. He had never done one before. And uh, the other thing is is that you know you have to kind of yield to somebody else's creativity. So he let me produce it and really put things out. And for the first couple episodes, it was it was very much so controlled by me. But by the third, he kind of got a feel for how I did it, and so he gave some feedback and the the night before and I was able to it wasn't the night before it was like a couple days before I released it but I was able to accommodate him a little bit more in his preferences and so you know one of the agreed upon things was to release it earlier in the day on Monday so I, I was a good good person and I I did what I should do every single week which is produce things earlier than the day that I'm releasing them which I, I have done uh I, I'm sad to admit, but I, I did it preemptively and I was ready to release things early in the morning on Monday. And, uh, I, I also had incentive to do so as well because, um, later that day I was to meet my friend, Nicole. She's been on the show, Nicole Stecca. And, um, I, I hope that she won't mind me sharing parts of this. She's very open about, uh, her struggles of late. And, and I have asked for prayers for her on the, st- on the show because uh, recently she got diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. So it's, it's, been, it's been really real for her. And we had scheduled an art day, which was fantastic. And, um, you know, but it was also hard too because, um, you know, I... It, it's not cancer. I'm not dealing with cancer, but she is. And the thing about people who are going through that is that it's really hard to um, be with them at times. And I, I don't mean this to make anyone who's going through that feel bad. I don't think it will. I even communicated this with Nicole that, uh, you know, it's it's difficult when you love somebody and you care about somebody so much and you know that you are completely powerless to do anything and um you know and so you know the one thing I could do was go and be with my friend and she loves art days and she's found a lot of comfort in art our first time that we we went at it she was very apprehensive, but this time she jumped right in. It's it's funny what um, confronting uh, very powerful things, you know, life life altering and maybe life, uh, you know, stopping things. As sad as and and as uh, far from that that I actually want to think about, 
but it is confronting my friend right now. And instead of being apprehensive, like she was the first time, she jumped right in and she just started making. So it was, it was a, a very bold and a very unabashed uh, person this next time that we met to have an art day. And, you know, the other thing that I noticed is that she's so great about asking for help. You know, she, she jumped right in, but she got stuck a few times within her art making where she didn't know what to do and she'd ask for help. And that's something that I think is really wonderful and something that when you also are confronting a lot of, you know, difficulty in your life, it's important to ask for help. So, you know, we, we joked a lot. I don't know how we got on it, but there was one point where we were talking about doomsday and there was a point at which uh, Nicole said to me that she'd pay a lot of money for me. And I was like, in what, in what, uh, why am I being sold? Like, am I a slave in this doomsday? I mean, I guess, but I just thought I'd, I'd whore myself out for favors and food and whatever. <laughs> it's like, I, di- I didn't think that I would be on a slave trade block, but you know, in this, in this world that you imagine, I, I, I'm glad you'd pay good money for me. <laughs> and she goes, well, you know, don't, don't get it wrong. It's because you tattoo. I, I want the tattoos. I said, oh no, I know. I know my value. I know my, re- <laughs> the reason. <laughs> I said, I respect that. And later on, I said, you know, if we're really considering doomsday for me, that's a world where we might not have electricity and I don't know how good a, at stick and poke I'd actually be. I'm sure I could figure it out. But, you know, on, on the the other part of it, I said, aside from you, <laughs> I, I, I know how to cut hair and I could cut other people's hair. <laughs> she was like, bitch. And, um, you know, she's a nurse. She's also a chemo nurse. So what she's confronting is something that she does with people regularly and, and takes part in. And, um, you know, from what I've noticed of nurses and any kind of EMS or emergency care provider or people that confront, you know, us at our, at our most destitute times, you, you, you gain a very morbid sense of humor. So she was, she laughed and she was like, I'm so happy you, you joked with me because people have really been walking on eggshells and, and, you know, there was some, there were some times that were kind of heartbreaking, um, where I, I know that I I can't I can't tell her how to be because I'm not where she's standing. And that's important to know is that I, I'm not walking in her shoes, so I have no business saying anything. But you know, the the thing that it did for me for the rest of the week was really set the tone. Because I got to be in a space where I'm with a friend that is very open and very honest about what she's going through. Um, She communicated several regrets about how she handled uh, her her recovery and, and things she wished she would have done that would have made it better and less painful on her. But, you know, she you know, so much stops when you get a diagnosis like that. And I really, really tried to put myself in her position in certain ways. I, I definitely am not living the kind of life that she's living, but if I put myself in the life that she was planning, 
before this diagnosis, I, I, I can see very well how much that she's had to, you know, let go of and grieve. Um, you know, that there was a whole life that had to be put on pause for fucking cancer. And, uh, you know, that's, that's hard. And, you know, she talked about how certain medication, I, I have no idea about this, like, um, that your veins hurt, that the chemo, when they put it in you, that your, your veins hurt. There was a point where she said, I love this because, you know, she, she was like, I didn't even get cancer skinny, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, all the hormones and steroids and things that I have to be on in order to grapple with breast cancer because it's very particular type of cancer. You know, I don't even, I don't even lose weight. <laughs> so, so we had a, we had a trip and, and it, it was, it, it was, uh, it was great because we were sharing something that we could do together. And, you know, I'm, I am limited into what I can share with her, but I can give her art for the day. And it was really beautiful because she's got two dogs now. She started with one uh, when she bought her house with her fiance, Tommy. And um, his name's Oliver. And uh, I painted a portrait of Oliver, but her next puppy, Gus, didn't have a portrait. So when we had our art day, I decided that Gus needed a portrait to kind of kind of wrap it all up and the thing about art that's so amazingly beautiful is that it it's not long and it's very short-lived but cancer can stop for a moment because you're fixated on something that you're just purely doing and that's what I've found within art making as well is that everything else stops. The world around you stops. The chaos stops. And it's just this, this movement, this, this act, react, act, react, where you're just, you're in the making process. And, and it's so creative and invoking of, of beauty and positivity and we were dealing with very beautiful colors. Nicole was great because she was like, ooh, you have sparkly ones. I want the sparkle ones. <laughs> and like, she just, she, you know, she picked out her colors. And so I kind of parried off of her home and the kind of colors that were in her home to kind of paint her, her doggy Gus. And, of course, him. I, I used his colors as well, which he's brown. But um, everything around him was far from brown. We tried to we tried to doll it up as much as possible. And by the end, all of our art really matched. It was pretty cool. And then, you know, I, I whenever I do stuff like that, you know, where I visit people in their home and we have like a, a fun day, um, you know, I, I painted for her and that was the day was just to kind of be with her and visit with her spend some time, have like a shake it off fun day where, you know, we weren't doing anything really serious, just taking a pause. And, um, but the, but the beautiful thing is, is that things were made, you know, and they stayed with Nicole. And so, you know, for me, that's really special. It's such an honor because not only am I all over her body in terms of tattoos and she wants more, um, 
but I'm, but I'm in her home and, you know, she's welcomed me in that space and I've been able to comment. And so, you know, that day can live for her as she looks at the artwork that we made together. And so it's so special. And, and so, you know, I guess, I guess the part of this, that's, um, a good message for people who are listening that maybe have been tattooing for a while is that, you know, if you're finding yourself in a rut after years and years and years of tattooing and you're wondering what's next, you know, I would, I would say to partner up with other artists or maybe not even other artists, you know, go and either start teaching or start doing art with people who don't do it very much and showing them how beautiful it can be and what it has been for you. It, it, it's so amazingly special. And I think it reconnects you to, I think it, I think it actually, I don't even know if it reconnects you to, uh, what you were before. If not, it just scales it. You know, we go from, uh, you know, we go from dependence to independence to interdependence. And I think that that's the next level is that, you know, you go from dependence where, you know, you're, you're a wee baby artist, you're depending on a lot of people to guide you through in a good way. And your hopes are that you, you know, get into a profession that you really love and you start making money and then you're independent. And then you do the independent thing for a while and, and you, you kind of, you kind of get into the spot of like, well, what's next, you know? And, you know, a lot of, a lot of tattoo artists, they open tattoo studios and, you know, then they have employees and, you know, they might, um, you know, they might branch out and do paintings for themselves. But, you know, if, if you're like me and you love people, and that was one of the things that you kind of fell in love with, with tattooing, I think this is a good thing to do is, you know, bring your art to people who don't understand it and who don't know it. And there's definitely a place to do that within tattooing as well, where you can really bring people into the fold, you know, as they're getting tattooed and, and teach them how to, to look at their tattoos. An interesting conversation that happened today at church actually was, um, between my friend Neil and I, I was telling him about how, how evocative, um, when you get into like pop culture tattoos, how much more money you can make than you can when you do one-offs as I do, where you meet with people and you design a tattoo specifically for them. It's weird because most people want to be a part of somebody else's story and somebody else's creativity and craft. Very few people really give themselves the recognition and their own story, the recognition to create something that's purely theirs. And um, it's weird how people value, you know, something that's kitsch or poppy or, or, you know, commonly out there more than what they themselves experience. And so I think this is a, this is a great way to bring your art in a very cathartic, very communal and very holistic way to the world and just expand on what you might be already doing. 
um, via tattooing. So it's a good message out there. I mean, if you're if you're an apprentice or you're trying to be an apprentice, this this might be far and above and away from what you're thinking, but you'll get there. I mean, you know, give it about 15, 15 years and, and you'll start feeling it. You'll be like, oh my God, man, what's, what's next? You know, like, and, and I'm quite frankly, my friends, you know, this is, this is me in, um, in a transitional period of my life where I don't, I don't really know what's next, but I do know that I, I know now a lot of immensely valuable humans and, um, I want to spend some time with them, especially when they're struggling and when they need, they need friendship and they need community and they need an art day. So that was my first day. It was a little hard in some spots and I can't imagine it was harder for me than it was my friend Nicole, but, um, you know, it, it kind of set the tone for the week, which was a busy week. I, um, I had, I had tattoos pretty much full stop after that, and I was behind in a lot of my designing. Um, the next thing that happened was, uh, the one day I did not tattoo was Tuesday, but the reason why I didn't tattoo was because I had a appointment at an oncology office with an um, orthopedic that manages mostly oncology and things like that at Johns Hopkins. Pardon, my phone is not silenced. Let me go ahead and do that real quick. Pardon. Um, so here's the deal. I, I don't think I've talked about this very much. I've mentioned my knee, but it's been kind of an ongoing thing for a while for me. I, I, I'm sad to admit to everybody. It's hard to say when it started, but I think it was, I want to say it was 2017, mid something like that, that I started experiencing pain in my right knee. Before that time, I had um, on and off pain in my hips. Uh, I was born with a congenital issue, which I've talked about here on the podcast, but essentially I was born with an underdeveloped, they call it an underdeveloped hip, but essentially what it was is my femur wasn't able to grow into my hip socket. So I had to be in traction for nine months as a baby. And just as a result of that, I had pain that a, a, a kid of my age shouldn't really have. And it was mostly in my hips. My hips would ache and there would be days, some days that I wouldn't be able to walk downstairs. Like I'd have to crawl on my butt. Certainly couldn't keep up with most kids. But it evolved and, um, you know, where there's, where there's deficiency in one part of your body, you're bound to have deficiencies in others. So what it manifested into was this knee pain. So I started getting in shape in 2017 to 18 doing jujitsu. I got, got really in shape, man. I, I was... I, I was still a little pudgy in areas, but man, my body was feeling good. I was feeling good. It was dig- diligent in a rhythm. And, um, you know, I started, I started investigating my knee and, uh, part of that investigation was hearing about, um, stem cell replacement therapy. Um, now I don't even, I didn't even know what was wrong with my knee at this point, but, um, I had a feeling that it had to do with degenerative joints or something like that. And so 
I went to All Star Pain Management in uh, Annapolis, which I couldn't recommend more. The only reason why I didn't continue going to them is because uh, I, I didn't end up doing the stem cell replacement therapy and I, uh, I also got a referral from my Aunt Barb uh, to go to her orth orthopedic surgeon. So when I went to All Star Pain Management, I was investigating the stem cells. I got an MRI. I, I, I'm not entirely sure what they told me. I do believe they said that I had like a benign cyst kind of issue. They might have said what I have now, like what I found out I have now. But at the time, it just didn't really register because I think I was focused more on whether or not I could do the stem cell. They said I was a good candidate. But they also, you know, told me that, that stem cell replacement therapy is not, um, is not something that they can guarantee. It's not FDA approved. They have seen great results from it, but they can't say that it's going to work for me. And it was about five grand. Uh, so it really was a matter of funds that I didn't do it. I needed a new roof at the time on my house. So I know it sounds crazy that my priorities was my house and not my knees but you know you need a roof and so and I needed a roof so I had to get a roof um so 5,000 was was more than I could really budget for at that point but I was still waiting and I was in good shape and what I had deduced to do was to stay in shape and do physical therapy of course then I meet Rico uh every time I find a new partner and this is no reflection on Rico, though he is a challenge and he probably is the one of the most challenging when it comes to sustaining a schedule because our biorhythms are so different. Um, but every time for me when I get a partner, I, I'm completely derailed. Uh, that's my codependency. I, I assume the rhythm of somebody else instead of maintaining my own and it's just a whole thing of rebounding. So I, I gained weight and then COVID hit and then I really gained weight because I was angry and just freaking out in a lot of different ways. I, I didn't focus on my, my weight loss and keeping in shape. So, uh, speeding up to, to current day, um, I, like I said, I was recommended to my aunt's orthopedic surgeon and that's why I kind of went outside of all-star pain management and, um, went to Dr. Hungerford in, um, Lutherville, which he's very good. I, I, uh, I liked him a lot. Um, but when he looked at my x-rays, which I got current x-rays, he was like, well, I've never seen this before. <laughs> so that's very ominous to hear, uh, in some respects. And I just looked at him and I was like, well, Dr. Hungerford, I've always, I've always wanted to be special. <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, you're, you're special. All right. He's like, you've got these, he's like, it looks like to be like little free floating calcium deposits all around your knee. And I was like, wow, that is interesting. He's like, yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> he said, so, um, before anything, before anything we do moving forward, I'd like you to visit this person in oncology at Johns Hopkins, which again, very ominous. I'm gonna sip my tea real quick. Oh, it's so good. 
Um, so I was like, uh, okay, you know, here we go. Doctor's appointments. And, you know, who, basically he said it could be completely benign or it could be something to worry about, <laughs> which, you know, isn't that always the case? You know, it's either nothing or it's everything. So I go to oncology uh, this past Tuesday. I meet with Dr. Apolafia, which when I read his name, I was like, this guy, is he like from Whoville or what? Like, it just sounds like that. But another really awesome dude. Doc, Dr. Apolafia is wicked cool. I And, I, and honestly, I'm... As, as upsetting as it was for me to have to go through all of this, and at a very young age, I mean, I was communicating to my aunt. I was like, Aunt Barb, they're not going to operate on me, man. I'm, I'm 41 years old. Like, I mean, she's in her 70s, so she's like, you know, you go to my surgeon. He's great. I said, well, yeah, you know, you're in your set. I mean, I don't want to, like, diss your age she's she's an amazing seven-year-old um but <laughs> I mean I was like you're kind of in a phase where you've worn down your hips and they can replace them they're not gonna be so apt to do that for me unless it's really really bad and I I don't I don't think it's that bad yet so anyway um I'm going there and oh my Lord, the, before I go into anything, Dr. Apolafia was great. Everybody at Johns Hopkins is great. John Hopkins, John Hopkins is great. Getting there is not great. Uh, I don't know what's, I heard from one of my clients this week that Mercury was in retrograde. I don't even know what the hell that means, but I do know in astrology, Mercury is the ruling planet. In, in my in my house in my zodiac sign I'm a Virgo so you know it that could be I mean it could be a lot of things um, but but I the rage the road rage that I encountered I almost got hit on the way there like I was making my appointment I was I was trying desperately because I'm a nincompoop and didn't preemptively do this because I'm so I'm so new to all of this and I'm I'm so delinquent when it comes to time schedules that it's it's crazy for me to have to like call these people in all these places and you know you you think I'm paying all this freaking money and you guys can't share images um but basically I was trying to get my my x-rays sent over to Dr. Apolafia but it just <laughs> It's just like never met. I like called like a dozen people before I even left. And then when I was leaving, having realized that I'm having to show up for an appointment where I, I don't have images for this man to see, I almost get hit on my way. Like as soon as I leave my house, this guy pulls out. I'm right across the street from another set of doctor's offices. It's Life Bridge. Um, health services and Owings Mills. So I'm pulling out of my, my, um, housing community and I almost get hit by this guy. Like he just casually like starts creeping into my lane. He's about to hit me. And had I not had a turn lane to go into, he would have hit me. And so I like punch my horn at this guy and I'm like, dude, I mean, I was saying a lot more than dude. I was, 
was kind of cussing me out in my car um, because I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. He, he puts his hand out of his car and shows me the peace sign. I'm like, yeah, peace. <laughs> peace, dude. Peace is right. Like what? You're so lucky. You're so lucky. I saw you. You're so lucky. I didn't hit you. Peace. Yeah. Peace now. I'm sure you want peace because you're the one who almost hit me, dude. Like, okay. Yeah. Peace. Peace trying very hard to be peaceful right now when you almost sideswiped me and derailed my whole day. Not that it was going to be fun anyway. And it, and really just the hits kept coming for the rest of the day. You know, like I didn't have my images. I showed up. I was like right on time, which I was trying to be super early, but getting downtown and going to Johns Hopkins, finding the place, first of all, then getting in a parking garage them finding a parking spot within the parking garage was ridiculous. And then going up and then navigating this entire huge complex and then filling out all this paperwork that asks you the most, yeah, like they ask questions like, what is your pain level? How am I supposed to tell you what my pain level is? I've been dealing with this pain for like five plus years now, you know, more. I don't know what my pain level, it's constant. I feel all the time. I feel it all the time. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what, what, what pain level I, I just put a three. I'm just like, I don't know. Is this really a thing? Like, I, I don't know what it is. It, it ranges and it ranges in intensity and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, they don't even have any images. So... I meet with Dr. Apalafia. He's cool. He's really cool. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I think, I think a big thing about this is that it's important for me, given what I found out about myself, that, uh, that I met him. And, uh, so they were able to, thank God, uh, find my MRI. At least they were able to uh, view anything that happened in advanced radiology. And that's where I got my MRI done. And so they were able to see at least in 2018, my MRI and, and deduce what they needed to. And what, um, I think was probably exacerbated by, um, you know, over time that Dr. Hunger first saw, but they were able to, in the MRI kind of check it out and, and, you know, thank the Lord, you know, they were able to see. Um, but, uh, Dr. Apalafia, he, uh, he said, so, you know, you have, it's, it's, and then he told me to record it, which I thought so cool because I was going to record him anyway, because Dr. Hungerford had told me a couple possibilities and there, there were these long names and, I was like, what? And people asked me like what, what it was. And I was like, well, it's either cancer. It's not (laughs) like, like it could be anything. He didn't know what it was. Um, but Dr. Apalafia, he was like, you know, record this so you can reference it. We'll talk about this and you know, you can, you can bring it up, you know, your hip, get your voice memo out on your iPhone and just record this. Um, so he's like, you're special. And I said, wow, you know, I, 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 was told as much. She's like, yeah, you're, you're special. So I'm going to tell you guys about what I have. I have a thing called synovial chondromatosis. But what it is, is, um, 
osseo, also known as synovial osteochondromatosis. These long ass names. It's it's rare, benign, non cancerous condition that involves the synovium, which is the thin layer of tissue that lines the joints. Synovial chondromatosis can arise in any joint in the body, but most commonly occurs in the knee. Although the condition is not cancerous, it has severely damaged the, the affected joint and eventually lead to osteoarthritis um, and diseases. Conditions, osteoarthritis. I'm reading a, a paper, so forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm abysmal at reading out loud. Early treatment is important to help relieve pain, symptoms, and prevent further damage to the joint. A joint is where the end of two or more bones meet, which is your knee joint, shoulder joint, or your ankle joint. Healthy joints, uh, healthy joints are covered with articular cartilage, a slippery substance that helps the bones glide smoothly over each other during movement. Thick bands of tissue surround the joint, forming a capsule that holds it together. Uh, the undersurface of the joint capsule is thinly lined in a thin membrane called synovium. The synovium produces a fluid that lubricates the joint. So essentially, folks, what my synovium has going on is these little rice size all over it pieces of cartilage. So I have, instead of this thin tissue that is supposed to help lubricate my joint, I kind of have like a sandpaper thing going on. <laughs> uh, it's lovely. Um, and there's no cure. Um, they know what it is. They don't know what causes it. And that's essentially what Dr. Apalafia said. He said back in the day, um, and he still does, he said, but, you know, I there's several different procedures. You could do microscopic um, removal of this. It doesn't get as much as what you could do, which is remove uh, the synovium tissue, and that would get all of it, but it all comes back, basically. So what I would get out of a major surgery. I mean, he said major, and then he said, well, it's not that major. He's, you know, it's it's all relative, right? Uh, he said, you know, basically what you I would get would be probably a few years of relief. So I'm stuck with continual pain. And, you know, I, I was communicating before I went to this appointment to Nicole and, and she was, you know, empathetic to me and it was so kind of her to like, you know, shoulder the weight of my, my life experience too, um, you know, dealing with all that she is uh, having to deal with. And so I, I told her and she goes, yeah, well, you know, at least you have a diagnosis and even though there's no real cure, at least you know what you have ahead of you and... Um, you know, you can manage it better and, um, and it isn't cancer. So yay. And, and that was, that was the take home too, um, by everybody else, you know, they were super excited and it's weird because I, I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't excited. It wasn't cancer. It was just that I was so amped after my appointment, which they all apologized. It took 
it took way longer. I, I got there at 11 and I didn't leave until like 2.30. I had to wait for a really long time for my appointment. I was super hungry when I got home. So I was like hangry. Um, I was moody. There was more traffic and more crap. It, leaving the the parking garage was a nightmare. I almost took off my... Um, my side viewed mirror because it didn't allow you to pay like as you were exiting like you had to prepay before you exited and then put your ticket in it was like one of those so I get in the thing where you're where I'm leaving and there's like a car behind me and I had to back out and they had to back it was it was just like everything was doubling down so by the time that I um (laughs) by the time I like left I was so ragey that I I really couldn't even overly appreciate the fact that I didn't have cancer, you know, <laughs> like, like I, I was like, great, you know, like I, I was stuck in this whole, like, great, I have this thing that nothing can help really. It, it just is what it is. And, um, you know, there's certain things that you can do to relieve things, but overall, nah. <laughs> so, so, you know, I've, I've made some decisions just so everybody knows. I, I have some exercises that my mom gave me that she said, um, she's following a knee guy on Twitter and, um, she recommends for anybody who has uh, knee issues. Um, mine will be continual, but I, I think this will help. And I started doing it a bit. I didn't do it. I haven't done it every day. And I'm, I'm sad to admit this because all it is is walking backwards for 10 minutes on a treadmill or an elliptical and then doing this one exercise where you lean up against the wall and you put your legs out in front of you, like kind of bracing yourself against the wall and then you just lift your toes up. So, you know, you do that for like, I don't, I don't know how long you do that, but you know, I just do it until I start feeling it a bit. So I have that and then I'm, I'm going to get in a pool. Um, those are my determinations because I think no matter what, just doing those things will really help me. And I just got to get in shape. I got to lose weight. I got to, I got to get real, um, eat better. You know, there's a part of me and I know that this is the, this is the thing that everybody wants. So I'm admitting it to you. Um, as I look into this, there's, there's a part of me that just wants to be broken so that somebody else or something else can fix it. Um, that's not how it works. There's no fixing uh, life. It's, it's just, you know, you can't get over it. You can't go under it. You just got to get through it. And, um, you know, that's where I'm at. And so I'm, I'm making some determinations. I have to, I have to touch base with Dr. Hungerford again. Um, you know, see what he thinks now that I have this and what the next steps are for me. Maybe connect me. I might go back to all-star pain management and work with them again. Maybe, maybe now that, you know, uh, I have these new x-rays, maybe begin talking about stem cell replacement again, because I'm still interested. Um, and I think, you know, if, if it can help, it can help. And if it can keep, some degeneration from my knee from happening, that would be great too. Um, I don't know, but I, 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 now that I have this diagnosis, I, I, I really want to focus on all fronts. So that was a realization and I'm, I'm at the very beginning of what I know to be a very long and lifelong journey. And 
I got to get my crap together. And then later that night, as I was hangry and ragey and, you know, everybody was kind of congratulating me that I didn't have cancer, which I was failing to, like, fully appreciate. (laughs) I get my period. And I'm sorry if this is too much information for the crowd, but, you know, I, I kind of, like, you know was like, great, of, co- of course, you know, ha- of course I got it today, you know. I, I, as I'm filling out the medical paperwork, they asked, you know, when your last menstrual cycle was, and I was like, huh, well, I should be getting it any day now, so it was about a month from today, <laughs> and and sure enough, later that day I got it. And so, like I said, I had a, a, a very busy, very challenging week, uh, with designs, I was, I was behind in a lot of ways. I I had a few challenging ones that, well, not a few, it's just like when you get behind in your design schedule, um, and things are more complicated than you originally thought, or if you just, you know, kind of over procrastinate or, or you, you know, the procrastination bubble that you typically work within, which I do have one, um, they don't work for every project. Some projects are more intense than others. Um, so I, I kind of was in that, that pocket where I was designing late. Everything was late. I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. And then Okay. Part of the mission of this podcast is to share really awesome people with all of you. So go check out Eden Health. This is my friend John Simmons' company. Through it, he does acupuncture, nutrition, microneedling, light therapy. But it doesn't stop there, everyone. <laughs> like it's, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge. And I welcome all of you to meet him, go talk to him, reach out to him. You can find him at EdenHealthMD.com. Back to our podcast. Go on Instagram and subscribe to Oddball Rifle Club if you're interested in muzzle-loading rifles and black powder firearms. Ever since I, I got my tubes tied when I was 30, I've noticed that my um, cycles have been a lot more painful. Um, just for anybody who seeks sterilization that way, I, I, can, I can tell you that before... Before I got my tubes tied, I did not have painful cycles. You know, I, I didn't even, I didn't even really clock when they came. Yeah, you know, I, I had this thing where I was like, you know, like every third one would be a little late, and that was like about all that I noticed. But they weren't painful. They had, they had their own rhythm. I, I only took birth control a year in my life. Um, that was weird, and I didn't like it, so I stopped. But, um. You know, my, my periods were very consistent in their inconsistencies, um, but they were never painful until after I got my tubes tied. So I figured it was like, you know, God kind of punching me in the, in the vagina. <laughs> and ever since then, I've, I've had really bad menstrual cramps, especially for the first couple of days. And sometimes I, they're they're not as bad as some of my friends who have said, you know, like they get nauseous or they throw up, but there's sometimes that they, they're edging on that 
that's the pain. Um, not quite. Excuse me. Another great sip. So for not on, uh, on top of the news, uh, everything, I, I wasn't sleeping well. Now, you know, I know there's medication out there, but I'm one of those very stubborn people who, you know, kind of sits in the pocket and goes, okay, just breathe, you know, like you, you don't need to, to go to Motrin or ibuprofen, just, just, it'll pass. The first night I did that, I barely got sleep and I was super behind, super, you know, like, uh, working on a low tank. And then the next night was even worse. And, you know, I'm lying there. I did break down on the second night and take ibuprofen. I took it way too late to preserve my sleep, but I did get comfort and about an hour of, of good sleep afterwards. Um, but I was thinking while I was there being like, you know, this hurts, this hurts so bad and, and kind of being angry. And this is the other thing. I, I love my, my cats to death. Like, as you guys know, my, my one almost passed away this, this, this past December, but my one Massey, she's, she's not the one that was sick. Um, she's my little odd kitty. She's actually, I oh know she left. She was in the room with me. Um, <laughs> She is quirky as hell, but she has this thing where if I don't lay just as she likes me to, she does a lot of really ritualistic things that are rather annoying. And um, so if I, I don't face in a direction she wants me to face in, she'll like lay on my side, like right on my arm and get really like close to my face and start purring really loud. <laughs> And honestly, if I'm tired enough and I'm not in excruciating pain like I was, uh, I can, that's fine. Like, I can still fall asleep with her like that. Um, or if I'm laying on my back, she'll get right on my, like, sternum area. And as small of a cat as she is, she can get super heavy there. And her little, her little peaties are, are really, like, sharp. <laughs> like, that when they push on your sternum like that, like, she gets heavy and she's not that heavy, but like, it feels, feels like a lead weight on your chest. Um, so she was doing that all night because I was, I just kept changing my position because I was just struggling to find comfort and it was, I was about ready to throw her across the room, but I was like, just, I was like, dude, like she doesn't know any better. She's an innocent. Don't do that. Like you can't throw your cat. So the, the, the anger and, and like frustration and I found a spot within my thinking when I, after I went downstairs and got ibuprofen, um, and came back up and drank some water and got back in the bed, I started thinking about Nicole again and I was like, well, yeah, my ovaries hurt, but at least my veins don't. And, you know, it, it, it helped me realize that I, it could be way worse. Like what I was going through as much as it sucked, it could be way, 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 way worse. And I had kind of been given a gift all week to not have to go back to Johns Hopkins. As awful as that was, I wouldn't have to go back anytime soon. 
Had I gotten a different diagnosis, I would have. Um, and, you know, after, after that, um, it was just a matter of, of getting through my work, which I still am not through. I have a, um, a couple external commissions for, um, my, my cousin, he's, he's asking me to help him with his, his band swag and imaging. Um, just so you guys know, their name is totally stoked. They're a nineties cover band and they're pretty awesome. Uh, very fun. Uh, so I, you know, look out for them. They play locally in Maryland a lot. Um, they're good. I, I come from quite a talented musical family. Um, talented family all the way around. But uh, I'm, I'm helping my cousin with some of the images that he's creating for their store and for their band so that they can expand and, you know, have, have a multitude of looks to go to. And I'm behind with that on him. So that's been sitting in the back of my mind, you know, just kind of eating at me that I haven't finished it yet. And, you know, the projects keep coming, the hits keep coming, uh, the doctor's appointment, you know, all just, you know, it's, it's life. It's what, it's what people deal with. Um, and, and by no means is mine special. If anything, I'm, I'm, you know, unfettered in a lot of ways that other people are, are more, you know, their lives are more complicated. So, so much to be grateful for, but it was a really, it was a struggle this week to find gratitude. And I found a lot of rage, um, happening and I had to keep reminding myself that, you know, life is good. You have so many blessings. It's, it's, you can't stay in this place. You have to move on from it. You have to think up, think positively. I might sneeze, folks. I'm feeling it. Ah, <coughs> uh, excuse me. And, um, blessings. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in there. Um, cause this is a raw diary entry. So, you know, I, but you know, the thing that, you know, I started off at the beginning of this saying it was a rough week and I, I think I've shared a lot of the, the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride and, and as much as I can articulate it and verbalize it. Um, The thing is, is that this would have been vastly different, I, I know, if I wasn't a believer now and I didn't have a strong conviction in my faith. You know, I, I crave my Sunday now because I swear to you guys, it's the craziest thing every single week, every single week, the, the things that happen in the week are settled by Sunday. Like their, their prayers are answered. Atonement is given. Fears are quelled. Like everything is, everything is answered. It's so incredible. The, the, the sermons are exactly what I need to hear. It's so weird and so very cool. And, um, there's some, there's some special shout outs that I would be remiss if I, I didn't talk about. Um, 
first, before I go into the shout outs, uh, I wanted to acknowledge that today, another friend of mine who I know is suffering and struggling and who has reminded me to have immense gratitude is my friend Faith. She's been on the podcast as well. She uh, lost her father uh, a, a, a few months back. And um, this is the first of his birthdays that she's had to celebrate without him. And he, he would have been 60 today. And Faith is going through a lot. Um, you know, she doesn't have her dad, but more than that, she's an amazing cake decorator and artist, but she's had to go through carpal tunnel surgery and she's been really unable to make a lot of the art that would have given her a lot of peace. So it's like a double hit because, you know, what I was talking about at the top of this art being such a place of rest and replenishment, you know, I, I know that my, my good friend is suffering and suffering in a way that she is having to be very uncomfortable because her normal catharsis is not there for her either. And so I, I would have to imagine that's extremely dreadful. And I just want you to know, Faith, um, I don't know if she listens to the podcast or not as much as she's been on it, but I'm thinking about her and I think her story is incredible. I hope I get to see her soon and, and we get to hang out and just be and talk and share and love and cry and all of that, all that good stuff. But I, I wanted, I wanted to share that with everybody so that you could, you know, kind of put, not put yourself in her shoes, but, you know, think about where you are, what you've been through, what it could be like, because that's the thing, right? Like you, I really can't stand it. And I should, I guess I shouldn't be like this, but I really can't stand it when people get angry because you care, but you care wrong. You know, like people who share a, a bunch about their lives, but the second you reach out to them and, and you try very hard to like communicate to them that like, you know, all the good things that are still in their life, they get mad at you because you, you, you won't let them wallow in, in their despair. And they get mad at you because you, you won't validate their despair because they want, they just want to cry. I guess the reason why I get mad is not because they want to cry, but that they, they're kind of controlling how you care for them. And if they didn't want that, why, why the hell are they sharing all this with you? It's like, dude, well then keep it to yourself or tell a few trusted friends. Don't be projecting that shit on social media. Don't be openly sharing that if you're not ready to let people have insight or, or, or help you or aid you or care for you or love on you the way that they know how to. I mean, it's kind of, it's, I, I understand, uh, needing to, to process and needing to grieve, needing to be angry. I've, I've, I have all of those things. It's just that when I'm going through something, if I really need space, I, I just tell people I'm, I'm going to take some space right now. 
and I'm going to wallow. I'm going to wallow. And I'm not going to be good for much, you know, and then I just, I just let it be. Um, but I don't get angry at people because they're trying to help me in whatever way they can, you know, it's, it's, it's what they, what they can give. And I try to appreciate it for what it is because, you know, they don't have to do anything. So I, I guess in, in, in that vein, I, I guess just, uh, send love and prayers to my friends. You know, they've, they've really helped me. And, you know, that's kind of the, the point of this podcast and why I, I really have kind of spent the first part of it really trying to uplift and allow a voice to happen for my friends, some in different places in their careers, but you know, give them a platform where they can share their story because it's important. It's it's important for us to, you know, recognize what we've been through and what we've done. It's so, so unbelievably cathartic. Uh, this is a shout out that I, I recognized this week. It's, a, it's really cool because I, it made me realize that whether it's Mercury in retrograde, something happening, it's in the air, everybody's on their cycle and syncing up, but every, there's a lot, a lot of people are dealing with the same thing. And I think it's really interesting when you start um, being a person, you know, connecting to God, being in the faith, paying attention to things in a different way, looking at things from a different perspective, seeking the gratitude. Um, you, you get these really awesome nuggets from God, the universe, however you want to put it. And it just lets you have pure joy because you know that you're being talked to in a, in a very odd, indirect way, but it's kind of like you're being communicated with from, from a spiritual realm. It's that, that what you would call the Holy Spirit, but it's like you're being, you're being talked to. You're, your every question you had, every bit of what you were going through is answered if you're paying attention. So this was something that happened as I was experiencing the week. You know, I go on my socials pretty regularly, probably more regularly than I should. But I, um, I saw from Ellie Wick, who has also been on our show, that she's doing a project where she's doing a portrait a day. Um, she's not going to share all of them, but she wanted to share at least what she was doing. She's been dealing with some, I think, trauma and internal turmoil. And she wanted to, she, she read about doing, you know, like a portrait a day and like just using whatever materials you have around you and having it be more expressive than anything and just kind of allowing yourself to be in that state and process it and really look at yourself and react. And she said it's been really, really good. And this is all in a, in a Facebook post that she put out. Again, if you haven't checked her out and followed Ellie Wick, um, she's amazing. Uh, I highly recommend her. She's a tattoo artist friend, um, incredible person. Like, I mean, honestly, you probably won't find a, a, 
a kinder hero. I mean, she's just so kind. I mean, she's like a woodland princess as far as I'm concerned. Like, she's she's going to have every kind of woodland creature as a, as a friend imaginable. Like, uh, she's, she's just incredible. So, um, you know, she's, she's doing that. So I think that's really cool. And I wanted to share that with all of you that I read that on her post and I figured I'd, I'd put that out there for everybody to, you know, hear and maybe try. Um, this is my diary entry. Uh, I, I also have a written diary, but I haven't written in for a minute, but I intend to, um, but this is a this is a personal entry for right now. Um, another another shout out is uh, my friend Rome uh, Rome Grayson. He he does like a, a daily affirmation kind of post, and uh, this was it today, which I thought was really interesting because um, yeah, this is pretty much what I've been grappling with, like. It, and it goes back to that whole, like, I want that fix-it pill. You know, we want everything right now. You know, we want we want the answers now. We want it, We want just something to be solved. Like, and I, and I, I know that that's the issue that most people struggle with is just, you know, being in states of discomfort and, you know, you want answers and you want things to, you know, be solved, but it's not, it's not to be solved. It's, it's to be experienced. And then you, you just hit it every day, you know, having a diagnosis, having a label, you know, these are things that people seek nowadays. And I think they think that there's going to be some peace that comes from it. There's not really a peace. It's just a, it's just a knowledge of like what to look out for. And, and that's not even, that's not even the truth either, because all the things that are told to you are things that could happen. It doesn't mean that they will. It just means that they could. So my friend Rome, he put out uh, this post that was basically, time is the greatest of all, of all warriors. And, you know, it's kind of that whole time heals all things. Well, in terms of church service today, um, a, big, a big thing that stood out was Ecclesiastes um, 311. And this is what Ecclesiastes 311 says. And my pastor actually, uh, quoted this today and he quotes many things, but this was one. And I actually underlined, underlined this in my Bible today. Um, this is what Ecclesiastes 311 says. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also set eternity in the human heart Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Now that's not the King James Bible. That's that's the new version um, in in more modern English. But but essentially within that, it's it's just all dealing with time. And so the biggest the biggest overarching theme at church today, the Sunday, was that you know. We get, we get trials in our life and, and they're meant, they're meant in a loving way. You know, they're meant as a lesson. They're meant to be experienced and, and, and embraced in certain ways. You know, uh, I think the best way that my pastor put it was that, you know, a, a many child or childish thinking 
very uh, immature thinking is, if you loved me, you'd give me everything I want. But, you know, what I'm learning and what I see and what I know to be the case, the more that I step into more of an adult and mentorship role, and even though I don't have kids, you know, looking at people who parent and people who are leaders and stuff is that you, you don't get a, a good person or a good child out of giving them everything they want. That's, that's not loving them um, because they don't know what they want. And I've said this for a long time uh, in so many words is that, you know, when you're in a position of needing help, you don't get to dictate the terms of that help. You're the desperate one. You're the one who needs something. You're the one who wants something. You don't get to command at that stage and in that point what, what you need and what you want. Because let's be real, you don't know what you want. And if you knew what you want wanted, then you'd already have it and you'd already be seeking it. You're, you're desperate enough to be going to another person for help. So when you're at that point, you need to yield and accept what you get and accept what you need, really. Not what you want, but what you need. And so that was basically the, the message of this week was that, you know, everything takes time. Let it take the time that it needs to take. Sometime the answer from the people that are in your life that you are questioning or want answers from, and this is particularly good for apprentices because I know that a lot of times when you're learning tattooing, from a mentor, they're like, yeah, you're not ready for that right now. Like, they'll they'll shut it down. Like, they'll say, yeah, I'm not going to answer that right now. And you're you're going to have to, you're going to have to wait for that. So basically what I was getting at is that sometimes when you're asking of God or you're asking of life, you're made to wait. The answer is wait. Be patient. You know, have, have temperance of character and there's a lesson here. There's a trial here that you need to experience to grow and to be better. I'm not going to give you all that you want because that's not going to make you better. I'm going to give you what you need. And so with that, um, what's else? What else? Who, who else can I shout out? Because uh, I, I do have a lot of a lot of shout outs. Um, today, my friend John Simmons, my acupuncturist, he came to church, which was really cool. Um, some things to look forward to that I think is awesome is that uh, my pastor just this uh, just this week returned just today. I mean, honestly, early today returned from Seattle, Washington. He went to a homeschooling com- conference, which was really cool, and he said it was pretty awesome. Um, he said it was so wonderful to see so many pregnant women and nursing women and people who were, you know, really passionate about, you know, this having kids and, and trying to raise them as best they can. And, um, you know, my, my pastor is really involved in, um, homeschooling as a, as a way of teaching and, um, they, they run a homeschooling, um, 
uh, I guess, a, a group through our church. So uh, my friend John is interested in that. But I, I'm hoping to, through the podcast, I've already asked my pastor if he would be willing to interview on the podcast about homeschooling and, and some of the things that he learned and, and some things that he can share with everybody. Cause I know that, um, I, I know some people that are deeply interested in homeschooling if they're not doing it already. Um, I recently met and am befriending a, um, a mother of eight who homeschools her entire family and they have a farm together. It's super cool. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it's awesome. And her kids are so beautiful and I've, I've met them now on certain, and they're, they're just the coolest kids and they have such a neat environment. It's really, really cool. I mean, they got like every animal you can imagine. It was, it's really like old McDonald's farm. There's like everything. Um, and, and they're getting such a, a very real, perspective on things, um, down to the, the fact that like, you know, I, I sat with one of her kids, uh, recently, Caitlin, and, um, she told me about how her favorite cow, there was two baby cows that were born and she was bottle feeding them and how the 60 year old cow just had a seizure and died right in front of her and, and how abysmal and awful that was and traumatic and, I just looked at her and I was like, wow, what a, what a unbelievably cool kid this person is that I'm sitting next to because, you know, even myself who I feel is a lot more grounded than a lot of people when it comes to animals, I was super romantic and in my head and fantasizing about animals when I was a child. Like I, I had just such an irrational view of things, romantic view about animals. And, you know, here to see this girl who knows what it is to raise animals and what can happen having experienced in in such an early part of her life, just watching what can happen, you know, right in front of you, you know, this, this baby cow fresh to the world, beautiful, you know, her favorite. She, she loved that thing. She got attached and, and to have to see it die right in front of her. And there was nothing she could do. Um, I can't imagine. And so there's no illusion for her, you know, like the, the amount of foundation that that is moving forward in life and how real that is. I, I mean, you could find it tragic, but I find it such a gift, such a beautiful gift because what I told her was, is that I, I knew this girl in college that I, I had some college art project to do and I had drawn a ram to illustrate something and this girl was like, yeah, because you wouldn't want that ram to eat you. It was something like that. And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, you wouldn't want that ram to eat you. And I said, you're kidding, right? And she's like, well, no, they're really menacing. Look at them. Look at those horns. And I, and I was like, they're herbivores. You're, you're talking about a sheep. That's, and then she just looked at me and she was like, well, I don't know. I grew up in the city. And I, I was like, holy my God, like 
What? You grow up... Growing up in the city is no excuse of why you don't know elementary school knowledge of farm animals. You don't know what a ram is. You don't know that they only eat vegetables. You don't understand why they have horns. The horns are not to attack humans. I was like, they they only attack each other and it's for mating rituals. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. This person doesn't know that a ram doesn't eat people. Holy crap. I mean, not to say that they couldn't hurt a person. They definitely could, but they wouldn't eat us afterwards. They they might trample us to death or butt us to death, but they wouldn't, they don't eat us. <laughs> so, you know, I met a 20-some-year-old person. I think she was 20, 20 or 21, that did not know that rams don't eat people. I mean, that's, that's, that's the knowledge gap here that, you know, Caitlin, this, this young person that I met through... Uh, my client, Michelle, who homeschools all of her children, that, that's her, she understands. She understands what it is to, to be, in that. it's just, it's so amazing to me. And it's such a, it gives me so much hope, folks, that, that we're, that life's going to be okay, that like people are going to move forward, that, that it's not, all is not lost. Because when I meet people who don't understand that rams are, herbivores, I start to lose hope, you know, like it gets dark real quick. And I'm like, wow, man, like you're in college learning art. Like, I think we need, I think we need to go back, you know? So, so that shout outs to my friend, John, who gives a crap about his kids enough to be investigating how to, how to, you know, teach them and bring them up well. A shout out to my pastor for, you know, going to a homeschooling conference, keeping that up, keeping himself knowledgeable and active within that community, bringing back, you know, more to our congregation and, and can give us more and more. Um, Shout outs to the people at church, man. We we have phenomenal conversations. Like I I know I've told you guys before, but I spend most of my day there. Like I, I even was set to have an earlier day today, but I didn't. I I, I ended up staying until like th- three thirty in the afternoon. Like I, I it just no matter what I stay and I'm I'm a part of that place and I just I I just I cannot tell you how much it calms me for the week and sets everything right to, to have a day that I give to God and I really reserve for for God. And then now this is a part of it too because I do have some pre-recordings still to release and I plan on ordering those, but I want to sprinkle in these intimate um, diary entries for me because at this point I really think that I have something to share with y'all something that's pretty cool. I'm changing, I'm being moved and affected. And I I just want to share that with all of you and and see where it goes. I mean, it doesn't mean I'm going to turn down interviews. Obviously, I asked my pastor to do one. Um, It just means that I'm, you know, I'm, I want to share and I want to open up to all of you. And I, I hope that, you know, my my stories, my, my 
unveiling and vulnerability and all that stuff can really speak to all of you and and yeah maybe be that thing for you that that you come to regularly and and kind of sets your week in a good way I mean that's the hope that would be really cool to me if that helps all of you um, with that being said, I don't ask this very much. I know we have our pre-recorded, um, our, our pre-recorded outro, uh, for the podcast where we talk about how you can get in touch with us and, you know, all that good stuff. But I do have askings because one of the goals that I would love to have is I'm really, I, we're getting close on Instagram to, a thousand followers. We're about, I think the last I checked was 888, but I would really like to start increasing following and things like that. I, I want to hit harder and harder the, the social media and put out content for y'all. Um, a thing that I'm going to start doing regularly is posting our um, recorded uh, services for Cornerstone, my church. So that if you guys want to, you can watch the service. Uh, we, we always record them remotely and put them up on Rumble. So I'm going to be posting those regularly for everybody to check out uh, from now on. But um, I also wanted to ask you guys if you could, if you find an episode here that you really love, either one in the past or one that's new or, you know, if it hits you right away, um, definitely subscribe wherever, where you find our podcast, subscribe, you know, um, uh, notif- you know, get notifications, find out when the next podcast release, all of that stuff. Um, if, if you could share it, that would be a big, big thing. Like if you're willing to share the podcast, that's a huge ask, but I would really appreciate it if you shared the podcast, if it, if it moves you, I mean, don't do anything outside of your integrity and your, your wants, but, um, that wouldn't matter greatly to me. And I think it would, uh, increase the following. Uh, the other thing is, is that if you can write a review, uh, that would be excellent. Wherever you can write a review, uh, about the podcast, that would be amazing. I would like to, and I haven't done this yet, but um, I do have testimonies and DMs from people who have given great praise to the podcast, and I really want to put that up on our website, start developing those things. Don't feel like you can't critique us either. Like I, I would love to have communications, and, and really at this point, I'm not putting any shackles on where to do that. Um, I would, as a, as a point of um, discipline like to start really checking, um, my, my email for this podcast. So it's, uh, the apprenticeship diaries at gmail.com. Uh, that's a good space always to give feedback and, and critique even. Um, uh, I, I would appreciate a critique before a one-star review just because, you know, that does affect, how people, people see us online. And I'd also like to get room for improvement. Um, give me the opportunity to fix it. So I, um, I'm trying to grow some things. So as the audience, you know, if you can give love in that way, that would be so appreciative because once we get to a certain amount of following downloads, all of that stuff shares, we increase our visibility and, um, it, it, it attracts advertising um, possibilities and, and different collaborations with um, other people. 
That being said, I do want to shout out Rico. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you guys, uh, noticed, but we, uh, we factored in, a, a small, um, shout out to his new passion. Um, he's really, really getting into building muzzleloaders. Uh, he's created a Instagram page, oddball rifle club, I believe it is. Let me make sure that's the case before I blaspheme here. Uh, <laughs> and tell y'all the wrong thing. So I just want to make sure. So yes, it's oddball underscore rifle underscore club. So I wasn't off. So if you'd like to follow him there, uh, Rico's very passionate about it. I'm pretty sure that if you had any questions or, you know, things to share via the DMs, he would be all over that totally down um I really want to get into woodworking as well so hopefully you know maybe him and I can uh scale this because I I have a feeling that I'd be good at carving that's something I'm being called to there's lots of irons in the fire for me my head's all over the place but I'm being really called to wood wood carving woodworking these muzzleloaders have wood and if I get into carving and things like that I might be able to really like make make the muzzleloaders he creates really cool so that would be awesome and I would love to do that with him as a partner excuse me so yeah he uh he he has this new thing and um definitely if you you know gonna find the love and time and space give him a follow on his Instagram page. He wants to grow it. And, um, if you have any cares or wants to invest in mu muzzleloaders, he's all over it and he can guide you through it. He can talk, he can talk to you for days about it. And I think I'm, I think I do want to do an interview with him at some point. Uh, right now we just got his little commercial, but, um, I do want to do an interview with him about, you know, why he why he likes it everything just let him geek out about it because um he does have a lot of say and it, it is valuable information uh i think that's good i've uh my tea's now cold it's still really good tea i'm still gonna drink it but it's cold now um and we're about an hour and a half in i think that's a good chunk for all of you to chew on for the week um definitely say prayers for my friends uh would ask for prayers for me i'm definitely praying for all of us um and it's and it's really cool everyone if if ever you want to have spiritual talks or whatever i'm i'm so down for it if you want to submit a diary entry with me i'm so down for it um I'm still trying to craft my testimony for my church. That's part of the membership of our church is that you have to, you know, give your testimony as to why you came to the church. So I'm still trying to really craft that, but it's becoming more and more clear. Uh, but yeah, I'm loving on all of you. I really, really appreciate you. I, I, you know, it's hard to ask for more love when you already have so much. Uh, I'm, I'm just floating in abundance here. Despite, despite the trying week, there's so much to be grateful for. And I hope that this has primed everybody's week in a really great way. Um, so do me a favor, enjoy a nice cup of tea, love hard on the people around you because 
they're in your life and they do care. They might not do it perfectly all the time, but they do. And take the time because it's all, it's all meant to be. Ooh, one thing I didn't mention that I really, really wanted to. Another friend, another shout out. So Halo, we, he's been on the podcast. Everybody that I'm shouting out has been on the podcast, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't, if I didn't t- talk about this. Uh, hopefully I can get to his post really quickly so I can't keep you much longer, but I just wanted to share this with you. He put out a great post again, perfect for the day. If you aren't following Halo, it's tattoos by Halo on Instagram. I mean, he's got like 186,000 followers. I don't know if he needs much more, but you should follow him. He is, he is a person to follow, but this is what he said recently. And these were great tips for life. And this also, his last one, his last one uh, of his tips, his four things that he put out this week, um, it was brought up in our sermon today as well. And and it's something that I have have been pondering and I know. And if you if you don't if you don't realize it, then it's you know. Now's the time, so I'm going to give this to you guys. Hopefully you can hear him. Um, I learned in my life are these right here. Number one, happiness is not the absence of problems. It is just your ability to be able to deal with problems. Number two, just because you made a decision that made you feel sad or regretful does not mean that you made the wrong decision. Number three, if you feel stressed or depressed and you're unsure why, you're probably not doing things that make you feel alive. And you're probably ignoring things that you know by your own metric that you need to be doing. And number four, the biggest lessons that you need to learn in your life will keep repeating themselves until you learn from it. That's a fact. Isn't that brilliant? So yeah, that that's what he said. Hopefully that, that recorded really well. But if not, go over to Tattoos by Halo definitely follow him. He has great nuggets, great content. He's, he's always pushing the envelope. In fact, uh, it reminds me of this last piece of advice that I gave Anthony, actually, Anthony read, he had put a a post up that said, you know, how do you maintain your happiness and your joy? And basically what I told him is, is that, you know, people confuse happiness for pleasure. Pleasure is a hole that keeps asking to be dug deeper. But happiness is actually the sacrifice of pleasure when you aim at something higher. And so what you do to maintain your happiness is you aim higher and you keep scaling. And and out of anybody that I know really, really and that I can say unequivocally who does that constantly, it's Halo. And Halo has had his own brushes with um, medical disparity. Life has kicked him literally in the nuts um, <laughs> terribly. And and he just keeps going, man. He's, he's definitely living up to the name Halo. So um, I... I I'm so glad that I remember that before I ended. And I think that's a great way to, to end this, to, to shout out a friend, to give you guys some things to chew on. Have a great week, everyone. I, I love you all very much. And um, I'm grateful.
very, very grateful by all. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.